This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. Welcome to the first episode of Off the Tracks. We're your hosts. I'm Kyle. That's Steven over there. Hey, guys. Hey, if we sound familiar, that's because we got other shows. Boy Meet, or Boar Meets World, Raw's Boar, Half Hour Haunts. And this one. And this one. You're listening to four it right shows. now. Four shows. Yeah. If you can't get enough of us, four shows. Yeah. You People. Get your fix. People have kind of crossed over to this, and they're like, yeah, we've had enough. Are you serious? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, comedy, this, Kyle. This, this hasn't even premiered yet. What are you? <laughs> For a second, then. Yeah, I don't know. It's too much. Yeah. Four shows a week. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't do you guys one show a week. Uh, but yeah, you still follow us on Twitter. Yeah. Um, well. So what this show's going to be about is Stephen and I are going to be just taking albums mm-hmm. and uh, reviewing them, maybe talking about the artists themselves. Um what we like about the album, what we don't like, favorite songs off the record. Um, Steven, who is our, you know, fucking research guy over there. Hey. Might even have a little bit of tidbits for you <laughs> about the songs. You didn't you didn't bring any tidbits with you? Hell no, I'm going in raw. Man. Very good. Yeah. Excellent. I'm color, you're play by play. Oh, good. Very good. Yeah. I love all the additional work. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah, so check the show out. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd like to recommend a song to you guys. Oh, would we? Oh, I like you said you had one. Oh, song check uh, out. Uh, do you have one? I don't have. one. I was gonna let you do one this week. Oh, this week? Yeah. yeah. Shit, what do I have? <laughs> what the song that has stuck out to me the most here lately, and just because it hit me pretty hard, was um, "Whiplash." It's a Metallica song. But the song I want you to check out is Motorhead's cover of it. Okay. Motorhead's cover of Whiplash, Whiplash by Metallica. So yeah. let's listen to that.
So what's the album we're covering today, Kyle? Well, since this is going to debut on the 29th anniversary of it, we're going to be covering Alice in Chains' debut album, Facelift. Facelift. Yeah. You got a lot of history with this album, or did this change your life, or what's going on? Well, initially, I was kind of like, you know, I was part of the general opinion, like, yeah, it's good, but Dirt's better. Like, Dirt, if you look up any list of top Alice in Chains albums, mm-hmm. Dirt's is number one because it has Them Bones, it has uh, Godsmack, which more, is a more, it's not a fucking hit, but... Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but, oh my fucking God, I shouldn't drink for the show. <laughs> Let me look up Dirt real quick. Jesus, such a fucking poser. So, you're trying to say there's more commercial hits on it? Is that the point you're getting to? Um, I think it had a bigger thing, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, you they obviously probably had more attention on them since they put one out. Got some buzz. Then the second one, yeah, sure. Probably turned more heads, Down right? in the hole. Jesus. I said down in the hole, not down in the hole. I'm not a poser. <laughs> but, yeah. It's going well so yeah, far, I'm huh? Just, I'm just looking at this thing, and I'm kind of like, I think I like all the... Uh, Deep tracks more than I do the hits. Really? On this. Yeah, like Damn That River. Was that a hit? I don't know. I don't think it was a hit. I like that one. <laughs> um, Rain When I Die is fucking sick. Yeah. Uh, okay, so yeah, this is number one. Fuck it. We're not doing Facebook. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. So what um, I got notes for. <laughs> but no, like, you know, Dirt is the, the big one next to Jar of Flies. And what was the other one you said? Um, Facelift was number three, I think. I think so. But... Facelift is kind of, uh, I feel like it's kind of underrated. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because it's debut, they're young and hungry, they got something to prove. Okay, so you started this off by saying uh, maybe you were more of a Dirt fan, but over years, uh, Facelift become your number one, or? Over Dirt, definitely, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because I played it the other day. Well... When we discussed doing the show, I mm-hmm. just listened to it and I was like, you know, there's so much f- like fucking heaviness to this record. Yeah. And like this air of like, don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, that I don't think um, people notice and this album kind of gets overlooked because it doesn't have them bones down in a hole. It does have man in the box though. It does, but that to me, I feel like that is the uh, weakest hit on this record. Really? Yeah. All right. So you ready to jump into it, song by song? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. So here we are with Alice in Chains' facelift, track one, We Die Young. What do you think about this bad boy? Man, this is probably one of my favorite opening riffs of all time. Really? Yeah. Play it for me. Uh, With my mouth? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, go get your guitar. Okay. Tune it up. No, but like just- Or tune it down. Just listen to it. It's like that- And then- it's just so fucking heavy and then the rest of the band comes in behind Lane when he's like ooh and then yeah. it's the scaries on the wall mm-hmm. and then they just hit this fucking groove that they keep it's also on his way yeah <laughs> but they just keep this groove through the whole album yeah so uh, is this your favorite song or not 
I'm looking at the track list, man, and it's definitely up there. I say it's got to be the top one for me. We Die Young? Yeah. Okay. On this album, yeah. Right. yeah. It's it's such a fucking banger. Like, it's a great opening song. Uh, yeah, it starts heavy. Yeah. That, that's what really uh, brought me around on the record. You know, I, I enjoy the band. I won't say I'm a huge fan necessarily. You were a big fan of uh, The Devil Put Dice. Uh, I was a later uh, to join on the uh, Chains uh, gang. Oh, my God. I, I didn't think you were going to now I'm a man in the box too. Yeah. Yeah. Can't slay this rooster. Can't snuff this rooster. You mean edit the first line out? Yeah, please. Yeah. People were like, "This motherfucker's never listened to House and Chains a day in his life." I hope that's kind of what the show becomes, where we do listen to albums we never listen to, and be like, "What the fuck's <laughs> yeah. going on?" Yeah, but we have listened to them. That's the worst part. Um. <laughs> but yeah, starts heavy. I like uh, the vocal stylings, of course, uh, especially on this one with the scaries and stuff. It just mm-hmm. sounds fun. Got a lot of meat on it. It's heavy. Yeah. I like it. I mean, it's just fucking the only way to describe it for me is chunky. Hmm. I love a good chunky guitar tone. Or soup. Yeah. <laughs> just like Mama used to make it. There chunky riffs. Okay, so do you have any... Uh, thoughts about the song lyrically, uh, what anything's about necessarily? Well, like growing up, like I paid more attention to um, guitar riffs than I did actual lyrics. Mm-hmm. So I never gave much meaning to lyrics, but it was like if the riff connected with me, I was like, that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. That's what about fair. you? Uh, You're a lyric guy, right? I don't have. A personal opinion, but I did steal some things for this uh, little discussion that we could maybe discuss, perhaps. All right, throw it out there. Yeah. Uh, And I don't know if you can even discuss this, because this is actually by uh, Jerry himself here, which he says, I just temporarily moved in with Susan Silver because Sean and I had just had a fight, so I was riding the bus to rehearsal and saw all these 9, 10, 11-year-olds with beepers dealing drugs. The um, sight of a 10-year-old kid with a beeper and a cell phone dealing drugs equaled We Die Young to me. That's heavy. Yeah. I like that fucking riff. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty heavy. Uh, Any thoughts about that? It's kind of a sobering thing, right? Oh, I guess not. If you, if you look at the history of the band, I guess. Damn. Yeah. I can't believe you went there. I'm sorry. Uh, but. He died, right? Uh, Lane? I mean, yeah, yeah. Not, Jerry's still kicking. Yeah, not Jerry, of course. You can't kill Jerry. No. Uh, remember when he cut his hair, though? Yeah, grew back overnight. Yeah, how did it get so long again? Uh, it's just magic. It's crazy. The riff wizard there. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, ten and eleven year olds. Like I don't, I can't fathom that. It's pretty fucked up. Um, I mean, are they Seattle? They're from oh. Seattle, yeah. Or okay, yeah. So I assume they would probably be recording there. Yeah. Okay. So is that place that like I don't know how to say it other than fucked up because that's pretty crazy. Did they record in Seattle for this record? Oh, that I have no idea. Mm, I'm trying to think of where they actually did do it. London, Hollywood. 
They did it in Hollywood. They didn't Hollywood? do it in Seattle, brother. Okay. Yeah. Well, I guess that probably makes more sense. Yeah, California, fucking L.A., of course. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You ain't slinging by five, you're a late bloomer. I'm just <laughs> uh, but yeah, I could see and piece that together. I would agree that probably had some influence on the uh, the song. Um, what am I trying to say here? Wait. Wait, sure. Yeah. Or the song I, I, message. I, I can see it. Yeah, in the lyrics. You yeah. know what I mean. Watch where you spit. Yeah, scary. Scary's on his way, so uh, better watch out. Is there is there a line that's like, I advise you take it slower? I don't have the lyrics in front of me. I apologize. I want to say there is, though, in Take Another Hit, Bury Your Brother. Mm, yeah, yeah. And yeah. We Die Young. Mm-hmm. So, we got a bunch of kids, Dylan Drugs, Dying Young, taking hits, yeah. burying their brothers. Pretty hard-hitting shit. And a pretty sweet fucking trill on the guitar, Jerry. You know what I'm talking about? Wow, 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 wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, great song. I enjoyed this song quite a bit. Yeah. You ready for track two? I am. The The biggest, probably the biggest hit off this record. Is it the biggest hit in their career, question mark? That is a good question. I would say so. What about you? Mm. I, I would, number two. Number two. What's number one? Rooster. Which is on dirt. Uh, yeah. I can't believe I didn't think it. Well, it's because it's not one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I would say that would that would probably be number one. This would be one B. Yeah. <laughs> Which is number two, Man in the Box, right? Yep. So what would you think about this track? Man. 15-year-old me. You tired of it? I'm tired of it now. Yeah. I am tired of it now. Uh, but it's because it's been played so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but growing up, holy shit! When the song came on, you just you just crank it. What about you? I can still rock out to it, man. Really, this is a good track. All right. Um, would I say oh, I've heard it too much? Yeah, maybe, but uh, I guess I don't go out of my way to be like I got to listen to Man of the Box. I'm skimming the radio, comes on shuffle, whatever. I'll rock it. It's a rock and jam. I like this one too. Um, I gotta be in the mood for it, man. But nine times out of ten, it's like I've heard it so much from not only the radio, just me mm-hmm. having it on a CD and just playing it over and over and over and over and over. Mm-hmm. And it's just I killed it for myself. Burnout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You want to hear some thoughts from Cantrell and Lane over here about it? About the song? Yeah. It's about censorship, right? Uh, perhaps. Okay. You want to hear it? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. And here's what Jerry had to say. He says, it's basically about how government and media control the public's perception of events in the world or whatever, and they build you into a box by feeding it to you in your home. And it's about breaking out of that box and looking outside of that box that has been built for you. And stop eating shit, right? Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, get the mm-hmm. shit out of your nose. Yeah. Okay. So is this a um, basically saying uh, what the idiot box uh, kind of thing yeah. about the TV? I guess so. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. So yeah, you ever been scared by what you saw on the TV? Or uh, influenced, I should say, is a better word. I, I don't know if any of us could deny that. Could we? I mean, if we could, then they're not doing a good job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, you want to hear what uh, Lane had to say about this? Sure, go ahead. He said he started writing about censorship. Around the same time, we went out for dinner with some Columbia Records people who were vegetarians. They told me how veal was made from calves raised in these small boxes, and that image stuck in my head. So I went home and wrote about government censorship and eating meat as seen through the eyes of a doomed calf. That's dark. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably shoot heroin, too, if I had that viewpoint on life. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. I'm not making fun of him. I'm like, that's fucking depressing. Yeah, a little bit, right? Like, you're raised in this little box just to be slaughtered for some tender beef? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. No, thanks, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not him. It's the little cows, right? Man. But, yeah. But perhaps he, uh, there's something in this life that makes him feel uh, relatable to that, perhaps? He's young here. He's uh, signing a record deal, I guess. Mm -hmm. I'm not digging too deep. I'm just kind of bullshitting here. Yeah. You know, like you get tied down to the Mm -hmm. record company, what they expect of you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you feel like pieces of yourself is being sold off Mm. in the form of records. Yeah, perhaps. Like cuts of, you know, juicy riffage sustenance. Mm. Delicious. (laughs) Uh, Number three, Sea of Sorrow. Damn. We think about this. Damn. Damn, damn okay. good. Okay. At first, when I was dumbass teenager, right? Yeah. It cut into the song, right? Mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, this is so fucking different from the first two songs. That was my thought. I rocked out the We Die Young, Man yeah. in the Box. This came on. I was like, where'd the fucking riffage go? Yeah. But it's fucking getting, getting older, sad shit. Getting older and hearing that. Well, I'm talking about more so that opening riff. Because mm-hmm. he's just kind of finger picking it, and he's like, dun, 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 dun. yeah, yeah. At first, it's kind of like that's just that's what I meant by sad shit. It's like boring. Oh. <laughs> but no, it's actually like really fucking good. Like it's it's not meant to build upon "We Die Young" and "Man in the Box" because mm-hmm. "We Die Young" is the we're going to take you up to the mountain, right to the top of the mountain. "Man in the Box" is. We're going to fucking party on that top of the mountain with this hit. Okay. Sea of Sorrow is supposed to kind of bring you back down a little bit. Hmm. You know, it's that transition song. Okay. But still fucking great. Like, just, it's placement on the record is perfect. Really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, to me, like I said, I rocked out the first two. That came on. And I was like, all right, this might be the first weak point in the album. Then about halfway through, I was like, all right, here we go. Yeah. Then, yeah, I enjoyed it. Uh, I don't have any notes for this one. <laughs> no, it was actually like, it actually peaked on uh, the Billboard Mainstream Rock Tracks chart, number 27. That's the peak? Yeah. Hmm. It came, well, I mean, how many fucking songs are on that tr- chart? Think about that. Yeah. And this isn't even like, it's not Man in the Box. It's not even We Die Young. It's yeah. not It's not Bleed the Free, kids. That's true. You know, track three. And I don't know the timing of these uh, singles release, because you got to think, well, maybe they enjoyed the We Die Young, the man in the box, and then maybe like me, they heard this, and they're like, oh, it's kind of different. I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, into it. it's different from what was released that you've been listening to over and over. Yeah. Um. Ned Ragged of all music has said that it showed that even 
as a fairly young group, and Allison Chains wanted to fool around with expectations at least a little bit. Mm. Um, and just about every member gets a little moment of flair on the track, like Mike Starr, Mike Inez. They both get to showcase their talents a little bit on this album, this uh, track. And then, of course, Jerry and Lane, the two guys that are like probably, you know, Allison Chains, those are the first two names that come to mind. Sure. Instead yeah. of just the rhythm section. Mm-hmm. But, right. Which Mike Enos, if you don't know this, he actually played bass for Ozzy for a long time. Oh, really? Yeah. Like uh, what era? Early 90s. Okay. Yeah. Him and Zach Wilde were in the band together. I can't remember who was the drummer at the time, though, for that band. Is he a, um, like a crazy train? Was he, did he play on the albums, or? Um, yeah, he played on the albums for sure. He played on, um, God, I can't think of what those albums were called. No More Tears. Yeah, I can't think of and what uh, 90s uh, Ozzy albums are. I want to say the other one was called Miracle Man, but I don't know, because it had Crazy Babies, Miracle Man, hmm. shit like that on it. But I want to say he was on those records. I'm guessing Crazy Train was probably the 80s. Like early 80s, yeah. yeah. Like Blizzard of Oz first Mark of the Moon, probably mid-80s. Yeah. Because yeah. you had Jakey e. Lee playing guitar on that. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number four, Bleed the Freak. Holy fuck. What do you think about this? I would say probably my first song that I... Uh, I say this even though it has a video, but... Um, Probably the first deep cut song I ever fell in love with for a band. Hmm. As in, it was like a little bit down the track listing. Deep cut. Yeah, it's a, it's not <laughs> it's not Man in the Box. It's not Rooster. Yeah, yeah. It's a lesser known song, but I remember just being up late at night watching a TV, and I saw the video for this, and it's black and white. They're on stage. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Lane's got his dreads and shit. I'd never heard this song before. Had you already listened to Alice in Chains, though, probably. Yeah, like, I, I heard them on the radio growing up. Passing by, yeah, okay. Yeah, like Man in the Box, then Bones, mm-hmm. which then Bones at the time was my favorite song. But um, hearing this and just watching it, you know how they have that build up and then they get to, like, the uh, chorus, like, they said to me, name your God and blame the freak. Bleed the freak. Yeah, bleed the freak. What did I say? Blame. Bleed the freak. Sorry, yeah. I'm slurring over here. I'm drinking. Mm-hmm. But, um, and just the way the drums kick in and the band picks up, just fucking great. And then it goes into like, and it seems like the song's kind of like the cousin to We Die Young. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Why do you say that? Just because musically that, or uh, that part uh, after the chorus where he's like, Kind of sounds like the <laughs> It did sound very uh, similar when you just did that Yeah, probably because of my twangy ass voice But, you know uh, So here's what Jerry had to say about this song Okay He said, the song is us against the world Those people who put you down uh, I put up with many years of you putting us down And watching us bleed Now I'd like to see you bleed some back. See, I thought it was about Jesus. Oh. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, why was that your takeaway? Just um, outcast, mm-hmm. um, crucified, bleeding. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. Um, do you think this is about um, not his drug addiction, perhaps, but uh, that is a factor for him feeling uh, disconnected? From uh, the uh, society there 
that or um, it could be a um, like maybe he views himself as kind of like someone who isn't normal mm-hmm. and they're just pumping him for his creativity mm. just bleeding him okay. bleeding the freak you're, you're, you're different but you you have yeah. something. Yeah, name your that god. We can take name your god. <laughs> what's the what's the uh, what's the main thing that people worship? Money. Yeah. Name your god and bleed the freak. Mm. Very good. Yeah. I didn't think you'd be this deep. Very good. It's a great fucking album, brother. <laughs> uh, number five. I can't remember. Number five on facelift. Is holy shit! It's too, called. I can't remember. I wasn't just saying that. Oh, <laughs> I'm like, what? No, it's not. It's fucking sick, man. But I'm looking up dirt because I'm too fucking drunk to be doing this right now. Let me look this motherfucker up. I can't remember. How's this one start? I have no idea how to start. I can't either. I can't remember either. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> I had uh, kind of nothing for this one. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't one of my faves. Yeah, it didn't. Uh, I can't even remember it now. So, mm-hmm. quite fitting. Yeah. All right, uh, number six. <laughs> love, hate, love. Love, hate, love. What would you think about this bad boy? Uh, it's a good wreck. It's good, solid song. Mm-hmm. About all I got to say about it. Nothing particularly uh, special about it. Mm-hmm. Just, a, just a song for you. Yeah. Wait. Um, this is the one that's got that creepy intro, right? Oh, I, I don't remember. That one? That does sound kind of creepy. Yeah. Creeping me up. It's that one, yeah. Yeah, you like it? Yeah. Now, now you like Holy it. Holy <laughs> shit, yeah. I'm telling you, like, I don't remember the lyrics at all, but you put Jerry on a fucking guitar, I mean, you know, he's just going to write shit that just burns itself into your memory. For me, anyways. You want to jump into this? Uh, Jerry being a uh, riff god or whatever. Uh, talking point. You had. Yeah, we can. Oh, we were talking about this before we did the before we came in to record. I am under the opinion that Jerry Cantrell might have the most catchiest riffs of any guitar player throughout the entire history of music. <laughs> In the entire history of music. Um, okay, so give me some of your other top contenders so I can kind of see where I would lean, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Let's think about... Let's just start with rock music for a second. Um, Tony Iommi. Okay. The goddamn dude that hoed and paved and busted the rocks for mm-hmm. hard rock guitar. Yeah. That's one. Angus Young. Mm-hmm. Fucking Jimmy Page. Fair enough. Yeah, we're not even out of the 70s yet. <laughs> uh, you could put Randy Rhodes up there for Ozzy Osbourne's thing because he accomplished a lot mm-hmm. in his early career. Eddie fucking Van Halen. Yeah. Jumping through the 80s. Yeah, we're going through the 80s right now. Um, Slash? Slash is up. Well, I, I consider him 90s. Really? Yeah, early, early 90s. Okay, that's but fair. He's on there for sure. But uh, would he be Riff God or is because I picture him, he's more. Solo. Solo-y, Definitely more, solo more uh, of a technique rather I than a riffy just, guy. I think that's just because he, you know, was doing that shit when everyone was a shredder. He would come out there instead of a BC Rich or a Charvel, 
or a Jackson guitar. He came out there. Listen, this guitar player uh, dropping some a very, knowledge. A very classic looking Les Paul, mm-hmm. and would do like bluesy rock solos, and mm-hmm. it made it fucking work. Okay, but um, um, yeah, Metallica, Slayer. This is eighties like riffs. We're talking about riffs. McMars, McMars, Molly Crew. Well, does he? He doesn't get enough love. Does he not? No, we can talk about McMars on another episode. Right. Maybe we'll do a uh, Crew album. Okay, because that'd be great. Because I'm fucking down with the Crew. <laughs> but uh, in the nineties, it's holy shit. It's Jerry Cantrell. Is he the nineties? I'm not. I'm not shitting on Dimebag because Dimebag is the fucking shit. Mm-hmm. You know, legendary guitar player. Um, fuck, who else is in the 90s as far as Kim Thale? I would I put Jerry above him, the guy from Soundgarden. Okay. Kim Thale. Uh, I was never a Garden fan necessarily, uh, other than their one song. I like hits. That's about it. And I only like the heavy hits like Outshined, maybe Spoon Man, mm-hmm. Rusty Cage is okay. Mm-hmm. Not a big fan of Jesus Christ pose. I'm thinking just Black Hole. I don't like Black Hole Sun. Really? Yeah. Controversial opinion. But I don't. I've heard it way too many times. Mm. That'd be probably the only song I know by them. Yeah. I think the only Soundgarden song I can listen to repeatedly is Outshined. Hmm. All right. So is that all for the 90s? Um, you got any 2000ers? Maybe uh, Tom Morello in the 90s for sure, too. Oh, yeah. That'd be a good one. Raging Against the Machine. He, he would have to be... Uh, Jesus, I don't know. That, that, this is a hard... Uh, right? We need to do a list, like... Maybe that should be a special episode, perhaps. Yeah, the criteria for this is, how many times do you have to fucking hear that riff? Yeah, I'm, but yeah, I'm going to base this on... I'm not saying, uh, like I was going to say, Morello, which you know, I kind of dug some Rage songs and stuff, but I'm not like a hardcore rager, you know what I mean? But I would say he's up there based on catchiness, though. And that's it's, what I'm basing this list on. It's definitely, Who's the catchiest? Exactly. We're not talking about Steve I, Joe Satriani, Yingwei Malmsteen, these motherfuckers that play a thousand notes a minute. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the people that can take the common man out there that doesn't know shit about music, mm-hmm. and you catch their ear, and you hook them in like you're fucking putting out heroin when you touch a guitar. You know what we got to figure out for one of these episodes? What's that? Is how to actually play a sound while we're recording so we can do like a name that riff kind of game or oh, something. That would, that would be fun, wouldn't it? Yeah. Oh, man, that would be fun <laughs> as shit. I couldn't play, though. I'd have to be the judge of it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm one of the hosts of Massive Late Fee. Do you remember Blockbuster? Well, we do. And we racked up a lot of late fees there. That's why we're glad there's things like Netflix, Hulu, and Blockbuster has died mostly because of us. We cover streaming shows and pretty much whatever we want. Join us every Thursday as we talk TV and movies on Massive Late Fee. You can find us at Massive Late Fee on Twitter, Massive Late Fee on Facebook. You can email the show at MassiveLateFee at gmail.com and you can find us at MySpace Massive Late Fee. Massive Late Fee, the best podcast we can think of. Yeah, for me, Jerry Cantrell, I think, is like... I got to hear his song. I got to hear him play for maybe two-tenths of a second before I'm like, holy shit, I'm hooked. Mm. Okay. Where other people, it's like, oh, I'll listen to it a couple times and then I'll get into it. No, nah, with Jerry, when he when he gets a riff going, it's like he can, he can go with anybody. It's definitely uh, a good argument, I would say. 
based on the uh, number of people we went through. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a, and again, this is based on catchiness. Yeah. We're not talking about and, and, uh, virtuosity. We're not talking about how much uh, classical training you've had. We're talking about hooking people. The hook. Can you name anybody in the 2000s even? 2000s as far as guitar players go and rivage. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of metalcore guys like Shadows Fall, Killswitch. Killswitch was fucking riffers. Mm-hmm. Back in their heyday. Um, what about Avenged? Avenged. I wouldn't. I don't know if I put Avenged up there. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Out of all of those guys, I would say they're the most guitar-based, though. Probably later, mm-hmm. like oh eight, oh nine. Okay. But I would I would classify them more as like two thousand tens. Really? Somebody's probably like, "Oh, you're being fucking nitpicky." <laughs> but um, well, they. To me, Sinister falls under that list with um, the virtuoso guitar players that know a million notes because he went studied. Yeah. Lame. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, number six, Love, Hate, Love. Did you did you have anything else about this track since we went off the tracks there for a moment? No, it just has a ghastly fucking guitar and then... Um, the rhythm section and then Jerry overdubs with the guitar like bomb, 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 bomb. It's just haunting and it's amazing. You want to hear from Lane? Yeah, I do. He says, that was a song about myself and my girlfriend and I wrote it during a time when I was treating her really badly and didn't know how to break the pattern. It was kind of therapeutic, you know. When you really don't know how to break a sick pattern, then you write it down and sing it, and it kind of breaks the pattern. Yeah. Kind of like um, therapy. Like, people write to, you know, because there's this catharsis mm-hmm. feeling to it. Yeah. Cathartic feeling. God damn, I'm trying to sound intelligent over here with like half a bottle of tequila in me. <laughs> You're holding your own. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, number seven. It ain't like that. Holy shit, that goddamn riff, man. <laughs> Like, if I had to pick a riff to fucking jerk off to, it'd be, it ain't like that anymore. Um, I'm going to have to hear more about that. <laughs> I'm just saying figuratively, not literally. I'm not a weirdo. Oh, okay. But um, just the... Does it not have a nice, nice uh, rhythmic uh, pattern to it's you? Just, it's so fucking sexy. Like, <laughs> okay. The, the riff itself, it's like, he does that pick scrape mm-hmm. up the, the high strings to the low strings where it's like... Yeah. And then he bends that fucking thick ass six string where it's like, <laughs> yeah. God damn, dude. So you like the song? It's like elegance and heaviness put into one thing. You like the song? It's like a fat ballerina. So you like the song? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bom, 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 bom. Yeah. All right. What do you think about this uh, possibly uh, theory about the song? Okay, let's hear it. Uh, how about, it's about a cycle of suffering, whether it be drug addiction, injury, or uh, whatnot. Then you get better and try to write about it. But it's not real anymore because you aren't suffering. Lane probably wishes he wrote something during some ordeal, and when he tried to after, it just wasn't real enough. I get it. You get it? I get it. Can you buy that? Yeah, you, you hear that it ain't like that anymore, and you can hear the denial in that. Like, hmm. It is like that. Hmm. 
Okay. I like it. Uh, number eight, Sunshine. Sunshine. Is that the one that's like... Is that one? Oh, I have no idea. I think it is that one. <laughs> I'm going to try to play it. Oh, man. Like on YouTube or something? Yeah. Um, no, I think, I think I'm right. Okay. Let me play it real quick. God damn it. <laughs> it probably won't play, though, because we got the mics plugged in. So, we'll see. What was the song? Sunshine? Sunshine. Yeah. Are you going to play it? I'll play it. Okay, you I'll play it. I'll try to play it. You play it. All right, talk to the people. All right. Yep, so I uh, hope you guys are having as much fun with the show as I am. It's great. <laughs> uh, Steven seems like he's having a good time too, which is a fucking big, big accomplishment considering if you ask him something and if it was the most amazing thing he's ever experienced, he'll look at you and tell you it was okay. Uh, Steven's okay is pretty much saying that it was fucking awesome. There you stand with Steven there. You got to you gotta go in yet. I'm dying over here. I'm trying, brother. Oh, my gosh. You want me to tell you a little bit about Sunshine? Tell me about it. All right. So, I think it's about his mom. Uh, yeah, about his mother's death, I think. From what I got here, Cantrell was telling Spin Magazine uh, when he was a little kid. He'd always tell her, I'll be famous and buy you a house. And you'll never have to work again. I'll take care of you like you took care of me. Um, when she passed away, it was a really shitty time for me. I, I didn't know how to deal with it then, and I still don't. Yeah. Same note. But it gave me the epitus to do what I'm doing. Which I'm assuming just going off this, uh, epitus means drive. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't loading, brother. Oh, well, fuck. We tried our best. Check it out. Just check out this whole goddamn album. <laughs> All right. Uh, number nine. Put You Down. Put You Down. Mm-hmm. Any words for that song? Uh, we got a um, a theory, perhaps. Okay. Uh, to this person, it was about having a relationship with a woman, specifically a sexual relationship. And even though he knows she is no good for him, uh, from the line of, I can see what the cost will be, he can't put her down because he loves the sex and the physicality of the relationship too much. Uh, hence the line, body over mind. Yeah. Um, if you had listened to our uh, Boy Meets World episodes, um, on episode 46, we covered an episode where we talk about, hey, is puberty probably the worst thing that happened to us? <laughs> so uh, Lane or Jerry's going through this right now? I guess, well, I mean... 1990. I feel like a lot of men have went through this, like... (laughs) Almost all of them, huh? Yeah, well, no, probably not. But, like, you know, you have that fucking goddamn lizard brain urge that overrides everything, and it's so stupid because you know how fucking trivial and meaningless it is, but yet you stick it out because you do enjoy that one little aspect because in your little mind, all that dopamine you get from it Makes all the bullshit and toxicity worth it. Hmm. 
Thank you for bringing it today. I am fucking drunk as this comes. Premiere episode. Thank Kyle you. bringing it. Thank you. Stick around for two to see if he still got it. <laughs> um, okay, uh, number 10 is confusion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go into it. Uh, well, some people are going to say that maybe confusion uh, seems as though it's a uh, companion uh, to the previous song. Put you down. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're confused why you put up with all this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, uh, confusion uh, seems to be about a sexual relationship where one person is in love and the other person is not. So, what do you think about that? Happens all the time. Hmm. Okay. Uh, for instance, in this song, there's a lyric, Reduction is addictive too. And in Confusion, there's a lyric that says, Recognize my disease. Uh, I think this disease is an addiction to sex. Reduction may refer to simplifying complex situations, i.e., he just wants sex and ignores the uh, social complexities involved. Yeah, too much to think about. Hmm. There you go. Uh, what did you think about Put You Down or uh, Confusion? They're good, but I don't have, like, tight memories like I do with the rest of the the beginning of the album and stuff. Are you saying this is a A-side heavy album? Um, Either that or I'm, like, way too fucking blackout by the time I get past uh, It Ain't Like That. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's probably A-side heavy, in my opinion. That's definitely the well, first. Yeah, I mean, it seems like they three have, is like the best, and then. Uh, well, I don't know about all that. Bleed the freak is a fucking banger. Well, it's number four. I mean. Yeah, but you said one through three. Well, that's my favorites. Okay, <laughs> and then love hate love has that eerie hauntingness that Sea of Sorrow, like it captures the same thing Sea of Sorrow did, where it's like it backs off of the first two bangers that just rose you up and held you at the top for a minute. Mm-hmm. And it ain't like that fucking the goddamn sex on wheels that is that riff. Okay, that's fair. All right, number eleven. I know something about you. Yeah. Bom, 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 bom. Uh, which one is the? Is this the one that sounds like a fucking Guns N' Roses song? Yes. Okay. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. All right, so it's not like, just. I heard that too, and I was like, "That's fucking Guns N' Roses." And so not just me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah, uh, at this point... You want to say Sea of Sorrow was like a difference. This was a fucking difference yeah, for me. Um, and I like Guns N' Roses, uh, you know, for the most part, but I, I didn't dig this. This kind of weird. This is going to be my one criticism for this album. Um, when you get here, and then maybe Real Thing, too, because I don't have a very big recollection of Real Thing, but um, it seems like they kind of they run out of shit right here. Really? Yeah. Which is, I guess, is something a young band would do. Like, you only have so much new material. Sure. Like, back in the day, you would have, like... Well, maybe you could have cut it at 10, and that would be fine. Maybe, but I think 10 is more of, like, a recent... Oh, yeah. I mean, 12 seems short for an album in the 90s, for me. Yeah. Because songs were shorter, but... Mm -hmm. But, yeah, it definitely seems like bands didn't go to just 10, because, you know, a fucking EP's five songs max. Yeah. But um, to me, it seemed like they had they ran out of like fresh material and they had to do album fillers. So there's no shame in that, you know. Mm-hmm. You're wanting to get the hits out there, sure, and then you can throw those in there when people need like a piss break or, you know, everybody's got to have their uh, 
you know, they're breaks. Yeah, okay. Fair enough. But, you know, it's something you Excuse don't... Excuse me. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but uh, something, you, something I've noticed that rock bands don't really do necessarily as much as, like, say, older forms of music, like blue, like folk music or blues, is that they don't do covers on albums. Okay. Country does the same thing, too, where, like, you'll see a bunch of covers, like, two or three covers on an album. Mm-hmm. Is like kind of a way to fluff it without like just throwing out shitty trash fillers. Yeah, and that helps because like instead of a filler song no one's ever heard, you're going to cover probably something that was already hit, right? So yeah. then people are like, I already know this, I already like it, and maybe I'll like this too, you know? Yeah, whatever. And plus, it, you don't have to write it, you just have to learn it. <laughs> that too. <laughs> that helps. Yeah. Uh, any uh, thoughts about uh, I Know Something About You? Uh, Maybe what it's about or no, anything? Like, um, do you know what it's about? Uh, my guess was uh, crazy from drugs or a blackmail or a paparazzi even. Wow, really? Yeah. Okay. I thought maybe just since we were calling this an A-side heavy album, maybe just past uh, it ain't like that, that he's turning into like the same topic and it just becomes a concept album when you flip the record over. What? You know what I'm saying? Like... About a relationship and stuff. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, so it would go forward and then backward? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, number 12, Real Thing. I guess you kind of already gave your thoughts, but go ahead. Yeah. It just seems like it's uh, you get out of a toxic relationship, and I'm going to look these lyrics up before I put my foot in my mouth. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I wish I had printed out the lyrics or something, yeah, too. Yeah, I think going forward, we need to do that. I messed around as a little boy. I grew up, made the blade my new toy. Uh, friends said, boy, with what you screwing around, I said, don't concern yourselves and just give me another blast. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I hit the nail on the head here, man. <laughs> <laughs> I think you got it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. All right, so that is the last track, right? That is the last track, the real thing. All right, so... Obviously, I think in the beginning you said uh, this had became your favorite Alice album. Yeah. Um, all right. So after doing this, does that remain true? Um, I think it. I think it does for me because if I'm going to put on an Alice in Chains record like Dirt, I'm going to like maybe. Let's. I'm going to count them off right now. I got the title tracks here. All right. Let's count them. Dim Bones one. Damn that river. Rain when I die. I'll probably skip down and hold because I've heard it a million times. Um, I don't care about Sick Man too much. Um, Rooster, again, heard it too many times. Mm-hmm. Basically, you're looking at four songs here that I would be super into. Maybe Wood, if I'm feeling it. But it's one of those songs that, like, has been played a million times. It is pretty cool, though. It is good. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. But, um... It's played a fuck ton, and that's why Dirt is like the biggest fucking record, is because it has all those hits on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you go to Jar of Flies, come on, man. No excuses. I stay away. Fucking Rotten Apple, maybe. Deep Cut. Um, but Nutshell. Nutshell's the fucking banger on Jar of Flies. Um, I can't really name anything off self-titled Alice in Chains. Maybe um, Grind. Okay. Maybe that's on it. Um, 
at the beginning of this, we didn't say we were like hardcore Alice in Chains fans, right? I think it's probably obvious as people have listened to through. We're not. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, like, I'm not a super huge fan. I just heard them a lot and then pursued when I liked a certain song. Like, hey, let's check out this record. Mm-hmm. Stuff. So, um, but like that, um, Black Gives Way to Blue when they came back with, uh, God, what's his name? William Duvall. Yeah. Um, fucking great. Never given the album a full listen to. If I did, I don't remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, Devil Put Dinosaurs Here. Fucking Hole is crazy. Yeah. 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 That's a song off there, right? What is it? Hole. Hole. Yeah. I, I don't recall. Oh. Wait, what is it? I know what you're talking about, but I don't know if that's the <sighs> title. It's not Hole. I think Hole might be on Give Black Gives Away to Blue, maybe. It's, uh, ba ba ba. I can't remember. I can't think of it either. <laughs> I'm not a cornerstone in this something for you. Um, Hollow? Sure. There's hollow is on Black Gives Away to Blue, too, I think. Isn't it? Uh, something is a mountain all hollow and twisted. Oh. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We're not big Alice in Chains. And I, I, have, <laughs> I have not listened to Rainier Mountain. Uh, me either. But okay. I've if heard uh, a song. Yeah, if you're keeping two. track, we get decre- decreasing amount of songs we listen to for each record. Mm-hmm. I can turn on Facelift, and I just gave you fucking explanations about one through seven why they connect with me mm-hmm. so that's why it's my number one I would go with uh, the devil put dinosaurs here probably for me probably because it was first album from them that I really uh, got into and that's usually my weird thing is the album that brings me to the band is usually that remains the favorite well I don't think that's so that's weird no is it because okay. I mean you don't you don't have any preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. You're coming into this thing fresh. Yeah. Zero expectation. So you're going to, um, it's all positive. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. At, at the worst, you're indifferent. But overall, I would say my favorite album would be if I took a bunch of songs from different albums and just put the coolest, heaviest riffs on one album. <laughs> and that'd be the best. The greatest. Because that's what I, uh, I enjoy about this band is the cool, heavy riffs. Yeah, I think that's what got them the moniker of a heavy metal band. Are they a heavy metal band? I mean, you hear it thrown around, but people call them grunge. Mm-hmm. Just because of the yeah. time frame and uh, location, yeah, perhaps. where they're from and stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know, I remember reading stuff. They're definitely heavier than uh, a, a counterpart, uh, as uh, Nirvana would be. Yeah. I, I'm sure Nirvana is so. more poppy. Sorry if I catch you for that, but they are. Mm-hmm. They have hooks. Um, but these guys were playing with Slayer and Metallica and Van ha- opening for Van Halen. And not to say Alice in Chains, I don't, I don't think they're not, not catchy, but uh, it's definitely heavier, lower, gloomier, yeah. doomier. Well, I'll I tell would you, say. I'll tell you right here, there's not without a doubt that they are a rock and fuck and roll band. Well, that's true. Cause they do rock. Because they can just get you in a groove and it's aggressive. Mm-hmm. And they've got catchy songs. They don't run too long. But there's there's something there for everybody when it comes to Alice in Chains. Yeah. 
You want great harmonies, they've got it. You want thoughtful lyrics, they've got it. You want a goddamn guitar riff that'll make you cream your pants, they've got it <laughs> on all their fucking songs. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Exactly. I'm yeah. going to have to listen to this album again. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess at that point, that is um, Facelift by Allison Chains. Happy uh, 29th birthday to you. Yeah. Since this is August 21st. You're, 2019. You were just as balls to the wall as you were when you came out. That's right. Yeah, because I was sucking on a pacifier listening to you. <laughs> right. Yeah. All right, with that, I guess let's maybe talk about some newer stuff or even older stuff, depending on uh, what you've been listening to. Yeah, well, I haven't really listened to much music here lately. I've mostly just been listening to podcasts. The last thing I really got into was um, The War on Drugs. So the band, yeah, the band. Mm-hmm. So uh, a deeper understanding, not the crazy, unnecessary, no, not the war. fucking DEA. Okay, yeah, the <laughs> thing that shouldn't have any funding. Mm-hmm. Um, no, the band, the War on Drugs. Ah, okay, yeah. Uh, specifically, the album, uh, a deeper understanding. Is that your uh, recommendation for the week? Uh, yeah, check them out definitely because they they blend a lot of um, singer songwriter stuff with maybe psychedelic. Um, they kind of have an 80s vibe with the drums. Big, big drum sound? Yep. Okay. Uh, say it again. Who are they? The War on Drugs. Album? A Deeper Understanding. Very cool. Yeah. So check that out. That's Kyle's pick. My pick and suggestion for this week would be um, Admission by Torch. Okay. Go check that out. That uh, older record? Uh, just dropped a few weeks ago, or I guess uh, on this day, wink, wink, uh, about a month ago. <laughs> they still uh, they still down tuning that fucking low E string. Uh, yeah, I would say this album has even uh, has songs that are more uh, similar to their early work, as in the heaviness. Gotcha. Still plenty of catchiness as well, because you know people label them like doom pop or whatever. Yeah, but. Uh, yeah, and there's a lot of that catchy, uh, good harmony, super heavy. Uh, and this is probably their most uh, diverse album, I would say. Probably try a little different on a song or two, at least. Uh, so yeah, check that out. Torch, uh, the album is Admission. And this show... Are we done? We're done. Okay. And this show is uh, off the tracks, as you can probably tell as you were listening to it. Uh, we are on Twitter at Off The Tracks Pod. That's a P-O-D, you know, like that really cool rock band. Yeah, I don't know if we're, we'll ever cover them, but yeah. <laughs> Off The Tracks Pod. Um, and uh, anything else? That's it, man. Go to our Twitter handle and, uh, you know, let us know what you thought of our recommendations. Hey, let us know what you thought of this episode. Yeah, let us know what you thought about this yeah. episode. Uh, um, any uh, things to say about Facelift album? Yeah. Uh, tell, uh, tell us what these songs mean to you if you're an Allison Chains fan. And uh, maybe one day we'll uh, throw up a poll or something. You can choose the next album we cover or something like yeah. that. Totally not out of the question, for sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, and we'll see you in about two weeks, I believe. I think that's our schedule every other week. We're going to do bi-weekly. For yeah. This. All right. Sounds good. Yeah. All right. Catch you later. All right. Keep listening.